Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. powerful your word is quick your word is sharper than any two-edged sword your word can go to the deepest part of any heart your word can save your word can set free your word can heal your word can deliver your word can give comfort give hope lord i pray that your word will come with all its power this morning in jesus name we have prayed Amen. Today I want to talk to you about a topic that is so simple, uh, very, very simple, but also very fundamental. I want to talk to you today about church membership. I want you to say church membership. All right? That's what we're going to talk about. What does he mean? What does God mean when when he talks about church membership? What does it mean to be a member of a church? Because this is a, it is not something that many people understand. Many of us, we assume, we just assume we understand, oh, I'm a member of so, 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 and so. You know, I'm sure you've come across people who say, oh, uh, what church do you go? I'm a member of uh, so, 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 and so church. You know, sometimes if you want to take them a little further and ask them, you know, you know, who is the pastor of the church? They might not even know who is the pastor of the church. They might not even know the name of the church correctly. What does the church stand for? They don't know. Uh, So sometimes I believe that the enemy has, you know, really succeeded in redefining membership to us. We don't fully understand it. We understand it the way the world understands membership. Now, in the people of the world, everybody understands the word membership because everybody is a member of something, right? Everybody is a member of Rotary Club or they are a member of... uh, uh, some organization or the other, you know, on campus when they were in college, they joined, you know, different sororities, fraternities, they are a member of this, I'm a member of that, you know, so, you know, that is the definition of membership that we have, at least colloquially, that's, that's what we understand membership to be, you know, I'm a member of social social church, the same way, you know, I used to be a member of this organization, this club, this, that, but, you know, that's not the way God defines membership. And it's really important for us to understand it because what really matters is how God defines it. Amen. Hallelujah. First of all, I, want, I would like us to read the Bible that we, you know, I mean, a portion of the Bible that we read beautifully, that Damala read to us. But I would like us to read Romans 12, verse 4 and 5. It will be on the screen. It is displayed. I want all of us to read it together. One, two, go. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. You will discover that when you look at the Bible, the church is not an organization. 
right? The church is an organism. The church is a living thing that has a body, all right? Church is not, you know, it's a body. The church is not a club. The church is not, uh, you know, an organization you belong to. No, that's not the church. If you look at here, the church is a body, you know, just like, and the big best description is our physical body. So that's how God sees the church. And most times we see the church as just an organization or an establishment. And we say, you know what, I'm a member of that establishment. That is not what God says or means when he uses the word membership. It means membership the way as, as we mean body parts. You see, membership in the Bible is the best equivalent is a part of your body. You know, so you have, when you have a body, your body is not just one part. Your body is your body simply because it has many parts. You have the eye, the ones you can see, right? You have the eyes, the nose, the legs, the hand. You know, you have all the physical features, which are each different part, all right? I mean, you even have the ones you can see. I mean, that's so complicated, the KKT, right? You want to talk about the heart, the intestine, the liver. You want to talk about your pancreas. I mean, many, many. There are thousands and thousands of each different element that someone can study, get an advanced degree just understanding your pancreas alone, Right? how it functions. I mean, when you study, you almost think the whole body is the pancreas. I mean, if you study any of this part very well, you study your heart, you will say, oh my God, the most important part of my body is the heart. Wait till you study kidney. You're going to forget about how you're going to say, wow, I think kidney is the, mo- is the most, I need to take care of my kidney. I need to make sure I'm, you know, what I eat, all these things are processed by my kidney if I don't treat it very well. Then somebody now wants to talk to you about your lungs. Now you're going to say, wow, long. That is how significant each part of our body is. But each part cannot function by themselves. Each part cannot even claim they are more important. Right? So that is how God sees member. So the word member really can be very confusing. You know, actually the Actual word is parts. Praise the name of Jesus. Because in an organization, every member is just a count. But in a body, a physical body, every member has a function. In fact, you define member or part of your body based on their functionality. Praise the name of Jesus. In fact, when our body, when we are sick... Really, when we say, I am sick, I'm not feeling good, you know, really is just one part of the body, one member of the body that is not functioning correctly, right? Might be heart, might be kidney, might be this. So you, but you don't necessarily, you just, you just feel the effect of one part not functioning well in the whole of your body, right? Have you been, you know, you've been to the doctor, you say you're not feeling good, and they are trying to test it. They are trying to, where the pain is being felt might not even be where the problem is. I'm sure many of us have experienced that. That is how complicated our body is. And that is the exact picture that God gives us when he defines membership of 
the body of Christ. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, the word used for church in the Bible is the word ecclesia. That's the Greek word that was interpreted. I mean, it could mean two things. It could mean the universal church and the local church. So I'm going to try to define that, you know, so you understand that. So when the Bible talks about church, because we must understand church first, it could mean the universal church or what we call the invisible church. It could mean the local church or what we call the visible church. The invisible church is a church without address, right? There's no GPS that takes you there. It is the unifying collection or collection of every believer in Christ Jesus. The universal church is, it consists of all true believers, right, who have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, regardless of their color, regardless of their race, regardless of their region, regardless of their denomination. In fact, I believe um, uh, Paul says in Timothy, the Lord knows those who are ease. And everyone that confesses the name of the Lord. So the Lord knows people who belong to his church, which we call, which we're calling the universal church. You know, now when the Lord looks, the Lord doesn't necessarily look into denomination. He doesn't look into that. He looks into his church, right? You know, a few of them might be here. I, I hope it's many of us who are true believers in Christ Jesus. You know, some of them were, I mean, even the worst church that you think, you know, there will be believers there. So all those people, the Lord sees them as one unit, regardless of where they are, where they are located, whether in Africa, South America, America, Asia, all of us together, we form one body of Christ. Praise the name of Jesus. Uh, I will read a few scriptures that talk about that. Uh, let's read Matthew 16, 18. Matthew 16, 18, when Jesus said, I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Jesus is not talking about any particular church here, any particular, you know, agape house of worship, you know, uh, whatever the church is, uh, abundant life church, or any of those. Jesus is not referring to any physical church with an address or a website. He's talking about his universal church. Praise the name of Jesus. So when we give our life to Jesus Christ, you know, we join the universal church. We become a member of the universal church, the invisible church of God. Hallelujah. Galatians 3.17 says, All who are baptized into Christ have clothed ourselves with Christ. That means we, when we become Save, we become included, immersed in Christ. We become a body part. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, we also have in the Bible, time and time again, the word church being used to refer to particular church. For example, Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 1, the Apostle Paul writes to them, I say, to the church of the Thessalonians. In God, our Father. So here he's referring to a church that has a location, that has an address. Today, we will say that has a Facebook page and a website, right? You, you don't exist if you don't have any of those today. All right, so we're talking about a church that is physical, all right, that, that has a location. 
that has a place. So this is the church of the Thessalonians. Also in Colossians 4.15, he said, give my greetings to the brothers and sisters at Laodicea. In fact, if you use other uh, King James Version here, he said the church in Laodicea. So it's important that church can be universal church, and it can be used to mean the universal church, and the word can be used to mean the local church. Hallelujah. Now, the local church is where we express our membership of the universal church. They are both connected. You know, they are both connected. The, uh, the universal church is invisible, right? The local church is where we go to express our membership. It's where that membership is revealed, is expressly manifested. There are many people who come against the idea of belonging to a local church, you know, and it's becoming, there are movements out there, if you're on the internet, if you search, you see a lot of people who, you know, a lot of movement who really even ask people to come out of the churches, that you don't need to be a member of a local church, that once you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you belong to the church, universal church. Yes, they are correct. But, they, and they, but they, they complicate it. They tell lies by telling you, you don't need to expressly belong to any local church. In fact, there are extreme people who actually say, all local churches are bad. You know, they are not, you know, they are, you know, the devil lives there. You know, you can't be, you shouldn't be part of any of those. That is wrong, completely wrong. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, most local churches are not perfect. Even if it were perfect, I'm sure it becomes perfect once you join. Because you are not perfect, right? People who overemphasize the imperfection of a church, of their church, you know, of any church. Now, not every local church is a fit for you. I'm not saying you are married to any local church. You know, not every local church is a fit for you. It might not be where you, you know, where you are called to. You know, and that's important to know. It might not be where you are called to, or it might not be where you believe God wants you to serve. There might be some things about a church that you don't believe particularly agrees with your belief, your system, other things, maybe social. However, you know, but that does not negate the value that local church or a local church brings to a believer. Most of the value provides in the scripture by the universal church cannot really be experienced unless you are part of a local church. So the Lord wants us, every believer, to be part of a local church, you know, to express their membership, right, of the universal church in a particular local church, a place that has an address, right, a place that has a place where they meet. They might not have their building. The church is not the building. The church is the people that make up the building, right? Praise the name of Jesus. That is very important to note. And I want to, you know, I'm going to share a few things. You know, what are the role of the local church in your life? You know, what is the role? Why must you, you know, get up every morning or three or four times a week or be a part you know, by joining and participating in a local church, why is he necessary? Now, the number one role of a local church, I'm going to give you a few points here, so if you want to write notes. Number one is corporate worship. 
why the Lord enjoys the gathering. The Lord enjoys the gathering of his people. You know, and this is throughout the entire scripture. You will see that the Lord, there's something that excites God about God's people coming together and just worshiping. Hallelujah. So corporate worship is one of the roles of a local church. You know, but Colossians 3.16 says, you know, the word of Christ must dwell in you richly, teach and one another. You know, things like praying together, coming together to worship is a recurring theme in the Bible. You know, anytime we come together like we did this morning, we're doing now, and we raise our hands and we sing, there's something about it that honors God. It's a testimony to God, right? It's a testimony against the enemy that we are affirming collectively. Hallelujah. Our God that saved us, right? You know, that rescued us. Our God that is sitting on the throne. I like how the worship was opened this morning that when we worship, right, we are saying the Lord is on the throne of our lives. Praise the name of Jesus. That's why I always encourage people not to miss that time of worship. It is one time, the only time specifically, that is designed to really be about God. You know, when we are worshiping, it's not about us. You know, the Lord does not need our preaching. I'm preaching now. I can't improve God, right? God doesn't need my preaching. Now, how good can I be that God will say, oh, I enjoy your preaching. Oh, your preaching really changed my mind. (laughs) You know, no, no, no. Our preaching doesn't, God doesn't need it. Who needs the preaching? We need the preaching. Hallelujah. But time of worship is for God. So I want you to please take it seriously. Amen. The local church also provides fellowship. Fellowship is coming together. You know, the Christian journey is not designed to be lived alone, to be practiced by ourselves. You know, you cannot succeed as a Christian if you are just doing it on your own. No, it's never meant to be like that. People who think they can do it on their own, really, they are suffering from the deceit of the enemy. You need each other. It's like a body part saying, you know what? I think I'm important. I don't really need the rest of the body. I can exist on my own. All right? The day you see a body part by itself, you know an accident just happened. And it's not pretty, right? It's not, but it's not a sight that we want to look, right? You don't want to get yourself to a place where you see body parts separated. It's a gory sight, right? Some of us experienced that after 9-11. It's, it's something that you see or at nine, during 9-11. It's something you never want to remember. A sight like that. Because body part by themselves is never good. Hallelujah. So that's important. So fellowship is a way of affirming that we need each other, that we love each other, that we care for one another. We pray for one another. We encourage one another. We strengthen one another. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 says, Not forsaking the assembly. I want all of us to read it together. Can we read it? One, two, go. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, 
and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Say, don't forsake meeting together. No, don't forsake it. And he's saying, some, it is the manner of some. Some are doing it. This is 2,000 years ago. This was written. Some people were already finding excuse at that time not to go to church, not to go to fellowship. They were really looking for excuse. They said, oh, yeah, I don't like that sister or this or that. You know, they didn't have internet, so they couldn't say I will watch it online. You know, that's the excuse now is I will watch it online. Why do I need to go to church? I can see, wake up on Sunday and open, you know, turn on the TV, right, and listen to some of the greatest preachers in the world. They will minister to me, and I will just, uh, you know, maybe call on their phone and give my offering. I mean, I'm do, I've done church for the day. That's what people do. People say, even I watch my church online. You know, church is not something that we, that service is not something to be watched. It's something to experience. You can't watch a church. You experience a worship service. You know, praise the name of Jesus. Yes, they are there for us to reach out to people. They are there when you are traveling. You can still connect, right? They are there. For, I mean, it serves. I'm not, I'm not against it. I'm for it. The church should be online. The church should be find every way <clears throat> to push the message out. But believers should not think that is a replacement, you know, for fellowship as God wants us to be. Amen. The local church is also meant as a place of divine encounter. I wanted to say divine encounter. Because the Bible says where two or three are gathered together. I am with them. Why is the Lord saying, I am with them? It means he wants to put emphasis because the Lord is everywhere, really, right? We can, as well, make an argument. The Lord is everywhere. We can't run away from God, you know, anywhere we are. But the Lord says, there is something special about gathering in my name. I am there much more, Right? I reveal myself more. I show myself in a much more vivid way, powerful way. So divine encounter usually happens in the gathering of God's people. Look at how many things have happened when we gather. Look at God's presence that we feel when we come together. Look at how many people experience healing, physical healing. Look at how many people experience healing in their minds, their marriages. Look at how many things that happen simply because we come together, we gather together, we worship, we pray together. Clearly, we experience God much more than individually. How many of us agree with that? There is, there is so much of God you will miss if you are just individualistic. If you just say, oh, I'll just pray on my own. Why do I need to gather with a bunch of, you know, two, three hundred people to pray? Why do I can worship on my own? I can slide in a CD, you know, or go on Pandora, you know, go on Google Play, you know, you know, Spotify. I can do all that. I can, I just, I can just worship on my own. No, you will miss something about God. God loves when His people gather together. Second Corinthians six sixteen is there. You are the temple of the living God. That this will become a house. Hallelujah. As God has said, I will dwell among them. The Lord wants to dwell among him. The Bible says, 
you know, unto the Lord shall the gathering of his people be. Hallelujah. Unto the Lord. You know, when God's people gather, he's unto him and he wants to show himself strong. He wants to dwell. He wants to reveal himself. So a local church becomes that place where we come together and we encounter God like we would never do individually. It's important for us to know that. The local church is also a place for equipping. In fact, that is how you should measure a church, whether that church is for you or not. Have you been equipped? One of the primary functions of a local church is to equip you so you can function. It's to build you up so you can function. It's very important. Let's read a scripture. Let's read Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, we're going to read three verses, and I want all of us to read it together. It should be on the screen. Let's read it. One, two, go. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach the unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. I want that to stay there because that's important. You know, sometimes people don't even know why do we have apostles, why do we have prophets, why do we have pastors, why do we have teachers. You know, some people think that because God wants them to be intermediaries between us and God. No. Nobody is your intermediary between us and God. It's not because, you know, they can get closer to God more than you. No. It's not because they are God's favorite. No. It's simply because they are called by God, right? Given an assignment. And because they are given an assignment, they are given some tools, right? They are given gifts, you know, gift of the spirit, gift of leadership, gift of teaching, whatever it is, to be able to accomplish some things in your life. Number one, to be able to equip you. All right? You should always ask, is my church equipping me? Is it making me a better Christian? If your church is, if your pastor is making you dependent on him, that's not the pastor you want. If he's always pointing, you need me, you need me to pray for you, I'm the this, I'm the this, I'm the anointed of God, I'm the call of God, you need me, you know, if he's not equipping you to find out to know more about Christ, to find out who you are, to know your gift, to know your function, to know, you know, to know all that, and to build you up so you can take that place, then you know that you are under a wrong person. That's important. That's one way to measure. He said to equip his people, all right? And he said, so that the body of Christ might be built up, because the body is built up, not because the arm is so big and the leg is so skinny. That will not be a built-up body, Right? The body is built up because the entire body, right, is getting a workout. Getting a workout. The entire body is getting strong so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach the unity of faith. Our faith is growing together. Did you see that? You know, and we are growing in knowing Jesus Christ better. All right? Have you, do you know Jesus better because you've been here? That's the question you should ask yourself. If you cannot say yes, then maybe you are in the wrong place. 
Or maybe you have not been paying attention. You ask those two questions, right? It could be any of those. And what will happen is, we, you know, all of us grow together. So we are a body that must grow together. So equipping is one of the major roles of the local church. And here that's where we equip you. We do a lot of things to equip you, not just on Sunday, you know, but a lot of things. You join ministry, we ask you to serve. You know, we put together, you know, leadership conference, marriage conference, prophetic conference, prayer conference, you know, teach you to, you know, find the gift of the Spirit. The retreat is an equipping uh, uh, event that, that helps you to discover who you are in Christ, discover your gift, grow in your faith, grow in your knowledge of God, grow in your intimacy with God. That is so important to God, and that's one of the primary functions of the local church. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, now what is now membership? What's the role of membership? If somebody says, I'm a member of a church. Now, membership of a body, I will start by saying, is defined by its functionality. It's not just by showing up. Too many people these days just say, you know, I show up there once in a while, I'm a member of that church. I don't think you can claim that biblically. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think any part of your body can just say, oh, I'm part of your body and they are not functioning. In fact, when a part stops functioning, sometimes it's better to take them out, to take a body part out, right? Sometimes it's better biologically to take it out because it becomes a dead weight. It stops other things from doing well. It becomes to cause damage. I, so let's begin to think, maybe that's why churches are not that strong because there are so many parts not functioning. Maybe that's why the church is sick. That's why the church is not as strong. Because you are sitting there, you're not functioning. You don't even know what your function is. Some of you will know what your function is. You don't even think it's that important. You do it when you like. You do No, no, no. You're just, you're causing the body to be sick. I hope you are not one of those people making me sick. <laughs> I want you to turn to your neighbor. I hope you are not. The person making us sick. When the body is sick, somebody is responsible. One part is responsible, not functioning well. And that's important. That's something I'm hoping you, you leave this place with, that you are so important. You are a functional member of the body of Christ. Don't underestimate your relevance. It is not if, it's not even how you feel about yourself. It is what God has made you. Praise the name of Jesus. Yeah. Hallelujah. You can clap if you want to clap. That's good. That's actually good. Hallelujah. So what's the role? Now, I will start with the most basic role, faithful attendance. Right? You must obviously attend. Attendance is... A simple step, but faithfully. Many people don't even go faithfully. You know, we've talked about Hebrews 10, 25. Don't forsake the assembly. Faithfully go there. If you say, this is my local church, and I'm not just talking to Agape House. I know many, many people will listen to this online, by CD, 
you know, the church God has called you to, faithfully go there. You know, don't just go when you like. Don't just, you know, go unfaithfully. Don't go haphazardly. You know, don't go inconsistently. Don't go, you know, only during major events, during conferences, during Christmas, Easter. When you are doing special program, you go there. You know, no, 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 no. Faithfully go. Your presence is necessary. Your presence being there is important. It's relevant. It's needed for the health of the church. When you faithfully attend, you are equipped. Praise the name of Jesus. And that is important. Faithfully go. Number two, find your place and function there. You, you are not a member unless you are functioning. Yeah, you can't really say I'm a member. Now, we, we try to divide it by saying some people are members, some people are workers. Really, workers are the real members based on Bible definition, right? You know, because no part of your body can say, oh, yeah, I just want to be there. <laughs> can you imagine? Your eyes can say, you know what, I don't necessarily need to exert all this energy all these cells to try and see color, but I just want to be, just want to look pretty, just be here. You're going to say, no, I think I need some different eyeballs. If you're not working, let's go take it out and put something better there. So you don't want any of your body parts to just say, I just want to show up. I don't want to function. No, you want to show up and function. I want you to turn to your neighbor. Say, I need you to show up and function. I need you to show up. We need everybody to show up and function. I need you to show up. You are a member of this body. You are a body part here. I need you to show up and function because that is when we can all truly be the church that God wants us to be. Praise the name of Jesus. So find your place. And that's why Romans chapter 12, where we read, I believe us is, uh, if you come and read, uh, okay, I, I believe 4 and 5, right? 4 and 5. Let's read it. Amen, 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 amen. Okay, I'm looking for it now. All right. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. I want you to notice. Each of us do not have the same function. It, just, just know that. So in Christ, though many, we are many, we form one body. We are one church, right? And each member belongs to all others. That is, we all belong to each other. Don't let us kid ourselves. We all need each other. We don't need each other. No, none of us can be a Christian, a strong Christian by itself, by ourselves. You know, you need. The pastor needs you. The pastor can. I need. I need some people to pray for me. I need some people to be there when I'm done to encourage. I need some people to function in their gift. There are some things I can't see. There are some things I can't see God uses some other people to see. All right? So that's why we all need each other. There are, there are Countless testimonies of life change here in our church here simply because somebody is working in their gift. You know, somebody's praying for somebody. Somebody's encouraging someone that is down. 
Somebody notices someone that is missing and they, they go after them. Somebody blesses someone financially, you know, because they have gift. And look at what he says here. If you even go, it, it goes on to talk about different ways. Verse 6, Romans chapter 12. He said, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. All right? We, if your gift is prophesying, prophesy. All right? Prophesy. Prophesy according to, the, uh, you know, to, the, to, the, to your faith. Just prophesy. If your gift is serving, then go and serve. If yours is serve, is cleaning, whatever your gift is to serve in whatever, go and serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Now, he's combining all kinds of gifts here, whether it's spiritual gift, whether it's vocational gift, whether it's talent, whatever it is. He's saying here that you all have something to give. Wow. Do you agree with that? You all have something to give. Don't count yourself out. Don't say, oh, I just became a Christian last week. You still have, once you become a part of this body, you have something to give. Once you become, once you're a part, you have something to give. So don't let anybody underrate you, put you down, you know, say, oh, no, what do you do? You just clean, oh, no, no, we are the spiritual warrior here. You know, that happens a lot in our churches, right? We tend to belittle, you know, some gift. That's not what the scripture says here. Just do yours, right? Stop worrying about somebody else's. Do yours, but do it faithfully. If everybody here says, you know what, I am going to find my place. I'm going to ask God. You know, God, please help. And if you need help, talk to one of the leaders. You know, if you need, you know, if you need help with uh, even finding your place, Talk to Owa, O-W-A at agapehousenj.org, or ask, you know, go to the office. They will show you who to talk to. If you need help finding your place, what you should not be doing is doing nothing because doing nothing is making all of us sick. That's why we, can't, that's why we couldn't wake up this morning. We're so sick, right, because some parts just decide they are not going to function. I hope that is changing today. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. So, find your place. Number three, be a good ambassador. Be a good ambassador. Be a good ambassador. Ambassador means representative. Be a good ambassador of your local church. Of university church and of the local church. Be a good ambassador. Go out there. Represent us well. You know, when you go out there, you behave, you do something at your work, in your family, guess what they're saying? And you call yourself a Christian, right? They are, they are blaming the old body for your action. That's, that's because you are an ambassador. All right? Don't go out there and make a mess, you know, cause riot on the parkway. Because somebody cuts you off, you know, don't go, don't go out there and misbehave publicly, you know, 
you know, people say, oh, yeah, and you're a member of that church, that, that church at Gap House of Worship. Uh, you know, don't say that. Don't do that. Be a good ambassador. When you wake up in the morning and you're going out, you are going to represent your king, your God. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ. That's who you, the person you are representing. And the Bible says we are Christ's ambassadors. Let's read it together. 2 Corinthians 5.20. Let's read it together. One, two, go. We are therefore Christ's ambassador. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We are Christ's ambassador. When we go out there, we are representing him. And lastly, support your church. Support it. Support it. Support and build it up. Don't tear your church down. You know, don't be someone who goes out there and just bowed mouth. You find fault. You find what is not working. And, you know, you're about mounting yourself. You're a member of that church, right? When you go around and you bow mouth, you bow mouth yourself because you are a member there. You know, support the testimony of your church. Be serious about your church. Be concerned. Jesus said, you know, when he saw what was going on in the temple and he was unhappy and he went there and kicked things out, and the Bible says the disciples remember what was written. The zeal for your house will consume me. Are you concerned about your house? Do you pray for it? That's how you, that's how you show your concern, pray for it. We have a daily prayer because everybody, you know, daily prayer, we encourage every member to join a daily prayer. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then you can go to the information center and ask about our daily prayer. That every member of the church is supposed to pray once a week at least. All right? Once a week for the church, for the rest of the body. Right? You know, and you will ask them for the daily strategic prayer guide. You know, where you join 9 p.m. every day, you know, every seven days a week, but you just pick one. You know, you pray. That's how to support it. That's how to build it up. You pray for it. You know, my house shall be called a house of prayer. All right? How can the house be a house of prayer? Unless everyone prays. So pray for it. Refuse to gossip. Refuse to be part of people who cause division in the body of Christ. You know? Division makes the body sick. Everybody is going in different direction, right? Refuse to be that. Support it. Give faithfully to it. If you are if you are part of a body and you don't give there, who should give there? Remember when we were doing our building project, and people were saying, "Oh, you know, let's do building fund. Let's let's call every other person to come and give." I said, "Who will give to your church? I mean, except you. It's your church. It's our church. Yes, let's write letters. Okay, I said, go and write letters. We wrote letters." People did not respond. Very few. Why? Because if you don't believe in it and to support it, who will? And thankfully, we did. Many people did. And that's why we are where we are today. Praise the name of Jesus. Aren't we proud of it now? Because it's our. 
We did it. We supported it. Be faithfully to it. Whatever you give to your church is not is to you. It's to you. I mean, you are part of the body. I mean, if you really understand this, you're not good. I mean, you're, you're building yourself up. So it's very important to support it. And when the body functions well, everyone is blessed. The good thing about the body that is functioning well is the, the healthy a person is, the more you can survive, even if one part is not functioning well. Did you get that now? Because even our body, as perfectly as it is, there are so many times some part of your body is not functioning well, and you don't even know it. You know why? The rest automatically compensates for it. In fact, we really begin to fall sick when multiple parts begin to malfunction. The body is designed in such a way that a few parts can go haywire, and some other parts will just make up for it. You know, and that's what happens when you are in a healthy church. When you are down, some people are covering. Yes, you are going through a season of dryness. You know what happened? Because some people are praying every day, you are covered. Right? Because some people, some people on Monday pray, some people pray for your safety, some people pray for your prosperity. Prayer, you have, you have not even prayed for yourself in a month. You are still covered. Right? You know, some people are concerned. You are down, you lose it. I mean, whatever is going on in your life, that is the benefit you have. Some of us are alive today because you're a member of a church. Some of you are sane today because you're a member of a church. Some of you are healthy today because you're a member of a church. You are part of a body that is functioning, that is supplying your need when the needs arise. I pray that this will bless you in the mighty name of Jesus. I want us to bow down our heads because I like to pray. If you are not a member of the universal church or the church, because being a member means you have accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. It doesn't mean you show up. It doesn't mean you're attending church. If you cannot absolutely say, look, I am a born-again Christian. I have placed my faith in Jesus Christ. He has made a definite difference in my life. I'd like to give you the opportunity. I'd like you to just wave your hand. I'd like to pray for you. Hallelujah. Anyone here? Anyone here? You want to say, oh, thank you. God bless you. Thank you, God bless you. Any other person? Any other person you want to say, Pastor, please pray for me. I want to really leave this place knowing that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I'd like you to put your hands on your chest, that hand you are raising. Thank you, God bless both of you. Just put those hands on your chest. If there's any other person, just repeat after me. Just say, Jesus, I thank you because you died for me. I thank you because you went to the cross because of me. Today, I confess that you are my Savior, that you are my Lord. The death you died on the cross is for me, and I thank you for it. You are my Lord as from today. Fill me with your Spirit. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You are now a member of the body of Christ. Amen. <laughs> And you know, one of the things we'll do is to pray for you. One of the things we'll do is to continue to lift you up in prayer. When you're done today, I want you to please, the bulletin that you have, there's a tear up. Make sure you fill it out and put it in the offering, the envelope or basket, and we will receive it and we'll continue to lift you up in prayer.
Let's pray. Father, we thank you because your word is quick. Your word is powerful. Your word is yea and amen. Your word has been spoken. And I pray you will watch over your word to fulfill it. I pray that this word will not come back to you void. This word will accomplish the purpose that it was, it was sent. It will correct our misconception. It will cause our hearts to be right. It will give us understanding. Thank you because you have answered our prayer. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen and amen.